If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Welcome back, everyone. As always, we're excited you're here listening and learning. Today, we are going to talk about one of my all-time favorite topics, new clients. I can't believe we've done 29 episodes and haven't devoted one to new clients yet, so here we go. We're going to see if we can answer any and all questions on this topic, but there are a lot of, that's a lot of information. So I'm going to start with this phrase that you've probably heard. People love to say, premium pays the bills. And that's true. Technically, that is exactly true. It does. However, I like to counter with, yes, premium pays the bills today, but new clients pay the bills today, tomorrow, and well into the future. New clients are the backbone of your success. They are the wellspring for the future. And the reason I say that, and I'm so um, passionate about new clients, is I think repeat sales are one of the great gifts of this business. And guess what? Repeat sales come from new clients not from premium, not from lives, not from investments, but from new clients. I mean, one new client can generate an average of, you know, six, eight, 10 future sales as they continue to work on their financial plan. And and we'll come back to that. But first, let's define a new client. That that doesn't seem like it needs to be done, right? But we're going to do it because there's an old definition and a new definition. So the old Granum definition is that a new client is a household or a checkbook. So two spouses would count in Granham's world as one new client. And actually, just for historical context, Northwestern used to count new clients that way until the early 90s. And then they switched to counting a new client as anyone over the age of 18 who hasn't bought anything yet, right? Who hasn't purchased a core product on their own. So one of the questions I always get is, but if their parents bought something on them as a kid and then they grow up and the rep takes them on as a client, does that rep get a new client credit? And the answer is yes. Yes, they do. So everybody can generate one new client credit at some point in their journey as a client. So overall, we're just, we're basically talking about anybody who buys something for the first time. And there's about a 22% inflation factor is what I call it to account for the difference between what Granum says you, you need and the way Northwestern now counts new clients. For example, if you look on that, the wonderful new client acquisition chart, Granum says you should strive for 60 households. That equates to about 73 new clients, the way Northwestern counts them. 
Okay, so that's an important thing to know. And I, I think I want to go back to this too. The hardest part of any sales business, regardless, but especially the intangible sales business, which is the business we're in, is getting a new client in the first place, right? Heather, I mean, you know that. You've started a business. I've started a business. Like getting people on board the first time is the hardest. It is. I mean, is that, would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree with that. Yes. But once that's, they're and, on, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 If you do a good job with them, forever. They're yours forever. In fact, it, we can actually put an hour, you know, a time limit on it. It takes about 20 hours. And that's, you know, it's that's a rough number, but it takes about 20 hours for a rep to get a new client, right? So if you think about from referral through the whole process to policy delivery, it is about 20 hours of work. And it's largely because the first time a rep has to sell themselves, they got to sell the company, and they got to sell the financial planning process. Once a new client comes on board and becomes an existing client, it only takes about two to four hours of work to get them to take the next step or to take future action because now they've bought the rep, they bought the company, they bought the process, they just have to buy into the next step. And so, and I think the other thing is getting a new client is where the rejection factor is the highest, which is also why it's the hardest part, right? Like you ask referrals rejection you make phone calls <laughs> rejection right you ask people to share all their personal information less rejection but you never know and then you ask people to take action less rejection but still more rejection than yes so that's just the hardest part of it and just to make it you know more interesting reps can do so much more within each household now that it's I always hate to use the word easy about anything in this business, but it's easier to get to 100 lives without the right number of new clients. And so, for example, take a household that has two spouses and two kids. If they started the planning process and they bought life and disability on both adults, um, life on the two kids and the two, you know, in the two adults, and maybe they decided, oh, we're going to get a jump on long-term care, that's eight lives on two clients. So, so you see what I mean when I say it's um, you can do so much more within a household. So let's talk numbers relative to new clients. How many do you need? The company is a little, there's a lot of information out there, right? Um, they're, they're a little uh, fuzzy. Um, I am not. So <laughs> I am not fuzzy on this issue. I am no, very convicted not. about how many new clients no, that you need for massive success because I've seen both sides. I've seen people who've had a lot of new clients and I've seen people who don't have a lot of new clients. And, and, and by, you know, murky or fuzzy, I mean, there's varying sets of numbers, right? There's the amount of new clients a new rep is measured on in the first six months. There's the amount of new clients that are required for the various levels of the new client bonus. And then there's the number of new clients Granham recommends in the book, right? So those three, and you wouldn't think they'd be that far apart, but they are. They're, they're, there's light years between all three of those data points. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if you have to pick one to coach to, always coach to the higher number. And trust me when I tell you that nothing terrible will happen to a rep's practice if they have more new clients <laughs> than, say, whatever's required for the 2% new client bonus, right? Like, more new clients do not hurt your business. I can't emphasize that enough. And you can't really talk about new client numbers without referring to the chart. And by that, I mean, you know what I mean, the new client acquisition <laughs> chart. It shows very clearly <laughs> the impact of repeat sales based on your cumulative, you know, the, the client base that you're building. New clients are definitely, I mean, they're the backbone of, of the, the whole business. Nothing happens until you get a new client. So 
Anything you want to add at this point, Heather? I feel like I'm like, like just <laughs> no, you know, I'm enjoying a torrent listening. of information I mean, here. <laughs> yeah, I'll share them okay, at the good. end. I mean, I just have a bunch of like just small things that are kind of okay. bouncing around, but yeah, keep going. You're okay. on a roll, and I'll share some thoughts at the end. Yeah. Okay. I am. Yeah. I'm always on a roll when it comes to new I clients. Know you are. Um, okay. So remember how, how we talked about totals, averages, and ratios in our activity analysis episode? episode, yes. activity analysis episode. Mm -hmm. um, well, those words apply to new clients too. So here are the totals in the first four years. And this is using, you know, I'm, I'm just going to talk about the Northwestern Mutual way of counting new clients now. So in the first year, 73 new clients, right? And that is so, it's a hard sell because it's so far away from what you need for the bonus and what you need, what you're measured on in that first six months. But that's the real total. So And what so people promote up to that total. Sabina, like what people actually talk yes. about, right? Because Granham yeah. says everybody reads the Granham book and I'm not sure that they include that quote unquote inflationary piece in there. So, you know, you'll hear 50 new clients, 60 new clients, um, but it, it, it really should be 73. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think on, on on the Northwestern material, the roadmap to success that they put out a few years ago, that, that number on there is correct. Now, the second year, it jumps, right? It becomes 98 new clients. It just freaks people out, right? Like, oh, 98 new clients, you must be insane. Um, but the thing that people forget is 36 of those come from the prior year's fact finders, right? That 10% that didn't buy last year, and they they buy the next year, right? Granham will tell you, you know, 40% of your business, you know, 40% of the people that you talk to defer their initial purchase until the second or subsequent year. And that's in the chart, 20% in the first year, 10% in the second year, 3% in the third year, that's that 10% and 3%. Mm -hmm. In the third year, it's 90 new clients. I realize I'm just like machine gunning um, numbers at you. Uh, but you can go back and slow down the, the you know, I think there's a speed thing on podcasts where you can And slow. get out your new client acquisition chart, right? And follow along. Yes, follow along. Um, but of the 90 that you're, that you're going to get in your third year, 41 of those come from the prior two years of fact finders. So people that your reps have already met, they already have somewhat of a relationship. They just weren't ready to buy at that time. And then by the fourth year, it drops to 71. But again, 34 of those come from prior years of fact finders. So that 10% and 3% from a, any given year of fact finders, are the ball, that's where the ball gets dropped a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'll put a number on that too, because you know I love my numbers. Um, if reps aren't picking up that 10% and the 3% year by year from following up with the people who didn't buy, they're leaving dun, 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 112 new clients out on the table over years two, three, and four. The years where they should be going back and picking up Mm -hmm. That's, is, I think, as much, right, an episode probably on the importance, too, of posting and planning and keeping track. Granham talks about knowing the truth of your situation. If you are not posting and not planning, there is no way that you will know who has fallen through the cracks, who you need to be following up with. This is like a promotion for the OCS, right? Like there's just so many important reasons for Absolutely. tracking because yes. um, you'll lose so much business if you aren't doing a good job with that. That's exactly right. And unnecessarily so. You've already done the hard work of getting in front of them once. You know, just don't freeze them at the point where they said no. You've got to go back over and over again. So so those are the totals, but that's how they break down. The monthly averages, right? So here are the averages. In the first year, you want to average six new clients a month. In the second year, eight new clients a month. In the third year, seven and a half new clients a month. And in the fourth year, six new clients a month. 
And in years two, three, and four, that includes the follow-up from the prior year, the prior two years. So it, when you break it down like that, it's not nearly as intimidating. And there's really only, there's really just one ratio to remember when it comes to new clients. And that is in the first four years, 60 to 70% of your lives should also be new clients. So think about this little logic problem, if you will, okay? This little logic statement. Every new client is also a life, but not every life is a new client. Okay, I'm going to say that again just because I think it's important to, to really absorb that. Every new client that gets paid has a life coming. You, you hardly ever, unless there's just been a clerical error, you hardly ever get a new client credit that isn't tied to a life, right? So if you did 73 new clients in your first year and you weren't really planning, you were just selling one-to-one, -one, you'd at least have 73 lives. But not every life is a new client. As I said earlier, you could get eight lives on two clients, right? And so I think it's important to remember that as well, because that's, you know, we, we emphasize lives and, and it's always an and, but it's a weighted and, right? If you're going to err on the side of lives or new clients, err on the side of new clients, because those also are lives. Now, there are a couple of things on the new client chart that aren't relevant any longer, but the compounding effect of new clients on repeat business is not one of them, right? Like that concept is alive and well. And here's the thing, if a rep does a good job on the new client front, by the time they graduate to the fifth year, just over half of their business comes from repeat business. Or as I like to tell reps, business with people who know you, love you, take your call and follow your advice. <laughs> Not to mention they do it all on about two to four hours of work versus 20. Um, conversely, if a rep doesn't do a good job accumulating new clients early on, every year will feel like the first year. And they will wonder, I've seen this happen, they will wonder about midway through their second or third year why it's still so difficult. And the reason is because they aren't experiencing the beauty of repeat sales because they don't have enough new clients. So uh, remember early on I said we come back to the future sales generated by new clients? Well, we're here. Think about this. If a new client generates very conservatively six to eight future sales, and a rep hits 73 new clients in the first year, even on the low side of six in six to eight of six future sales, that's still 438 future sales, right, from those new clients. And that's pretty impressive going forward, right, to know that every time you bring on a new client, every year that you bring on, you know, the right number of new clients, you generate hundreds of future sales, the compounding effect of new clients on future business is amazing. Um, and not to mention the new client bonus structure. If, if your reps hit 73 new clients in the first full calendar year, that's a 4.5% new client bonus. And, you know, they have at a minimum 73 lives, and they probably have, they're probably at 100 by then for sure. And as I alluded to a minute ago, there are a couple of things in the new client chart that have changed um, with the times. And the one is ancillary sales. Right, Granham originally said 50%, but that was in a life insurance only world. Now that reps can do so much more in each household, it's probably closer to 70 to 80%. Now, I don't have the research to back that up. That is just an educated guess. So don't, you know, if you're going to quote, make sure you quote the whole thing. It says, well, Sabina says that's just an educated guess. Um, we need, I think we should do the research on that. But the other thing is, for the same reason, reps can really only manage about four to 500 households now, which is about half of what was once called the magnificent obsession, which was to get to 1,000 active households. Because you can go so much deeper into each household, you can manage about half that. So now, 
However, <laughs> there's always a there's always a however, right? Um, the heavy duty client building still has to occur in the early years. Like you can't take half of the career total and then and apply it evenly across the years, right? Like you still have to do some heavy duty client building in those early years. So, okay, Heather. Yes. Your thoughts, because I'm, I'm going to say one more thing, and then we're going to go on to say it again. <laughs> yeah. So you, you just wrapped up with like the heavy lifting happens right at the you know in the early part of the career, and it reminds me of the, the quote we often use, and I use this when my reps aren't you know when when they're not following through on their their accountability is you know we all experience pain in one of two ways right we either experience it today or we're going to experience it later so experience the pain of discipline now to avoid the pain of regret later, and that's the story of new clients right there right like it it is hard, but it will pay right like I mean. The the benefits of it are going to outweigh the pain of the discipline it takes to do it on the front end. So that's that's one of my initial thoughts. I also think um, you had shared at the beginning, right, the comment about premium pays the bills today, new clients pays the bill tomorrow, you know, today, tomorrow, and forever more. I remember Leon Nesbitt, a retired former managing partner, saying premium follows new clients like a dog on a leash, right? So it is the the new the the premium will come. Focus on the new clients, focus on or you know, focus on, you know, and, and the premium will be there. So I think just making sure that you're focused on and the right thing and that you're trusting the process because it is a long-term process. It's the, you're not going to see the benefits of it today, tomorrow, at the end of this year. You're going to see the benefits of it a ways down the road. Uh, another thought I had is just re-emphasizing a thousand times over, get out that editable new client acquisition chart, put your own numbers in there and see what the future brings for you based on where you currently are at. And if you're in your first year, right, I mean, see, put the numbers in there, the ideal numbers and see what the difference is. I think um, that is really important. And then uh, my final probably would be, I think, we really have to remember that first and foremost, career advisor retention and success overall for developing advisors, first and foremost, is about cultivating new clients. It really is. I mean, there's a reason it's called a client builder. I mean, the client builder right, venue has been around forever, and there's a reason it's been around forever. This business is built on new clients. Again, surprised we've gotten to episode number 30, and we're just talking about this now. I mean, we've, we, it, it, it's woven into a lot of I other know. topics, but um, it's where, it's where it the is. money is. It is. It's where the business is built. Nice job. I love That's everything exactly you're right. sharing. That's so exactly important. right. It's awesome. Awesome. And I think you have to give people, you know, the other thing about new clients, they might not be, I always tell people, your early new clients might not be your best clients, but they'll always be your first clients. They'll be the clients that you brought in, even if they were small cases, they kept you in the business, you changed their life, right? Like you did something, they did something with you. They may never, not every client is going to buy six or eight or 10 times, but, but the majority of them who are planning will, you have to leave room for people to surprise you and to grow with you in your practice right? Like to grow with you over time. And that's, um, I think that's really important. So I could go on and on about this, as you can tell. Um, but I think we're out of time here. So hopefully you were able to take some nuggets from this rant and help your new FRs get on the new client train, uh, because it'll change their business. It'll change their lives. It'll change their clients' lives. Say that again. 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 Okay, so today, um, we're not going to role play anything today, but I have three pieces of advice um, around new clients that you can 
uh, facilitate, I think, in your office um, as an activity coach, as a leader of any kind, really. Um, Number one, someone in the office needs to be the new client champion. That was always me in our office. I I work with a lot of offices that don't have one, um, and I make them have one, right? Like I tell them, get somebody who's, who's one of their primary important jobs is to be in charge of tracking new clients monthly because we know what gets measured gets done. There is no reason, in my opinion, that any under five FRs should be missing the new client bonus from their first full year on. So pull that new client report from, I, I don't even know, wherever it lives now, and study it. Um, and then look at Northwestern. I, I don't know if they still do this, but they used to put out new client bonus stats after they paid out their bonuses that talked about the highest bonus payout, which is usually 10, 12,000 plus, um, the average bonus payout and how many bonuses they paid. Okay. So find yourself, become or find a new client champion. Number two, learn that new client acquisition chart so well you could teach it blindfolded, not just the numbers in the boxes, but be able to tell the story of it and why it matters. And then number three, I'm a big fan of turning things into dollars and cents. Show your reps the dollar and cent value of new clients. Get them to estimate and, and think in, think specifically about the bonus. Get them to estimate their FYCs for the year. Because the, for those of you who are newer, um, you may not know this, but the new client bonus is a percentage of first-year commissions, and it includes TAP. So in your first year... Um, you know, that can be that can be a great big bonus. And then so get them to estimate what they think they're going to do FYC wise that year and then show them 2%, 4%, 6% bonuses. Once I one thing I've learned over the years is that once a rep gets the new client bonus, they rarely ever miss it again. That new client bonus is a, as a business habit, just like so many other things. And that chart goes all the way up to 15%. It doesn't begin and end with 2%. So those are three things that I think you can actually do to help your office grow their, their um, mindset and awareness and production around new clients. And if you are wanting to learn more, right? I mean, one of the, this is one of the topics that we delve yes. into in our advanced activity coaching clinic. Absolutely. We actually spend a whole session yep. on the, not just new clients, but also the bonus itself. Yep. So. There we go. So much more to talk about our new clients, but you'll just have to come see us in in another episode or come to a clinic. That's right. Thanks again for joining us today. And um, we look forward to, uh, to bringing you new and exciting information in our next episode. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.